Hello and welcome to Sharp HR Career Corner with Karen Sharp Price. This podcast will inform and inspire you in your quest to find the right career path. If you're just starting out, looking to make a change in your field or transitioning into a new career, then this podcast is for you. We'll be sharing tips and providing resources on topics such as writing resumes, interviewing, using LinkedIn, and networking. We will take a look at different careers, companies, and opportunities. You will hear success stories from professionals in all career paths, and so much more. You will leave this podcast with three key takeaways that you can easily put into practice. Enjoy! Welcome to Sharp HR Career Corner. I'm Karen Sharp Price. Today, we're going to talk to Sally Herberger, a business and sales coach who owns the Growth Coach of Western New York. Sally, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Karen. appreciate you having me here. I have looked back through your LinkedIn profile, and I found some things that you know I want to kind of pull out and talk to you about. Personally, for me and for my family, we've had to go through the whole college thing recently, and it is quite the ordeal. But what I wanted to say was that many college students started a college, and within a period of time, some realize that either the college isn't for them or the program isn't a good fit. And it looks like you pivoted in college from Brockport to Fredonia. As a college student, what was happening at that point, and why did you make that change? Fun to think about, you know, college for me was, you know, more than a few years ago. But uh, when I was applying to colleges in high school, I I listened to a lot of other people about what I should do when I when I got older. And, you know, I should go to college for this or I should go to college for that. And I had a teacher that really made an impression on me and he was sure I should go into accounting. So I went to Brockport to be in accounting and realized at the end of my freshman first semester that I was not someone for accounting. I was I was too messy. I was all over the place. <laughs> and, um, I just really had a hard time focusing, you know, just on the numbers. So I stayed at Brackport, you know, just taking my initial classes, trying to decide what I wanted to do. And then my first summer, spent some time working at home and realized I really wanted to get into marketing. But I thought that that was pretty exciting, you know, to be in marketing and, you know, market a product and design things and just, you know, be out in, in a different way, more creative. And so I transferred to Fredonia in the middle of my sophomore year. Okay. And, and how was that? How was that transition? Because that's that's not a, an easy thing to do when you think that you're headed in one direction and and you move, you know, you pack everything up and you move to one place to to make that decision one and then to make that move and start over and make new friends and get into the program. How, how was that for you? Did you have any uh, suggestions for somebody who might be going through that right now? Yeah, and it was a it was a tough one for me too because when I went to Brockport, I dormed, you know, because it was an hour and a half from my house, but Fredonia was 20 minutes from my house, and I had a lot of pressure from you know stay home, you know, save money, but I didn't want to miss out on the college experience. So you know, we came to an agreement that I would help pay for my school so that I would you know be able to live and stay in Fredonia. So. You know, it was tough making that transition, you know, to make new friends. And I was working a couple jobs and going to school full time. But, you know, I feel like if you're truly authentic, you always find your peeps, you yes. know, where you are. So, you know, I started, you know, making friends with 
people where I was working because I worked in a, a mini mart, a convenience store where there are a lot of college kids working. And, you know, even though, you know, I didn't live on campus, I still found my people and had okay. a group. So it was, uh, it was good. It was a great experience. And I loved Fredonia. It was a fantastic school. When I was looking at your profile, what I found interesting was coming out of college, one of your first roles was production planning as a transportation manager. How do you go from college students in, you know, entry level, or at least you're looking for entry level, but it sounded like it was more of a manager role. How did, how did that fall into place? Yeah, that's a, that's an interesting, um, I didn't necessarily put all of my jobs on my LinkedIn. <laughs> okay. I did start with Ralston Purina, which is now Nestle Purina, right out of college. And I started as a customer service management trainee. So for 12 weeks, you know, I worked in the plant on the manufacturing floor, learning everything there is to learn about making dog food and, and cat food, because that's what the plant makes there in Dunkirk. And real quick, a funny story, if I may. Uh-huh. I had an internship my freshman year of college with the Girl Scouts of Western New York doing a major marketing survey. And I was so busy serving 1,200 girls um, that I never got around to looking for a job until after graduation. So like, you know, after I graduated, I was I was just then getting my stuff together and job hunting. And I was doing a market survey that summer for one of my professors. And one of my friends came back from an interview and she had, uh, he's like, oh, you know, how'd it go? And she's like, ah, Ralston Purina, it was a training program. They want you to move. I'm not moving. I'm never leaving here. You know, she told me who she interviewed with, what her interview was. And I was like, (laughs) I don't feel good. I went home. I put on my suit, got my little briefcase that was empty that I got in as a graduation present. And I went to uh, Fredonia and showed up with the same person for my interview. You're kidding. We have an interview. And that's how it started. How it started. And uh, <laughs> three years later, as I was being transferred, or two years later, I guess, when I was transferred to another plant, they told me, you know, we knew you didn't have an interview that day, but uh, that's that's how I got the job. Um, wow. From my friend, because she didn't want it, because she didn't want to move. But I knew getting out of college, I wanted to move away. I'd lived here my whole life. I grew up on a farm, you know, in the South Towns and I only wanted to move away. So the customer service trainee job um, was perfect for me. And I tell everybody, I swept every inch of that floor in that plant <laughs> because, you know, I worked with, with everybody. And, you know, it taught me some amazing business skills because I worked with everyone from, you know, the guy who unloaded the truck and I got to climb up the rail cars and sample the corn grain and, you know, wear my little hard hat every day you know, through processing, packaging, you know, shipping, you know, right onto the truck. So it was a phenomenal experience. And then when I was done with my training in the plant, I became a um, production planning trainee. So I trained with the production planning manager to learn to schedule all the production in the plant. Wow. It was a very high stressful job. And I think that a lot of turnover in that job because it is such high stress, so two years after my training program, I was transferred to Battle Creek as the production planning slash transportation manager. Wow. So it was a two-year training program that I then, you know, moved into that first role. But they required us to move around and we, we moved around. So. so was there a point where 
you know, you just decided that you really liked this manufacturing world because you didn't, you didn't really move out of it. You had positions in the warehouse, logistics, operations, general manager. So it's almost like you, you got the manufacturing um, bug and, 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 and you enjoyed it. Was it at, as it seems that you really did enjoy that atmosphere? It's, it's, it's really funny because um, when I was a trainee, this is dating myself, but Purina was dropping whatever reason, pantyhose into dog food bags. So like legs, pantyhose. I don't know if you remember when that Yes. For whatever reason, they were dropping them. And that was part of the marketing department. (laughs) They thought that if you learn to work in all these departments, then when you went to marketing, you'd be valuable because you could say, you can't do that. That's not how the plant runs. So I was promoted my first promotion. Then after um, I was pregnant, I was on maternity leave and they promoted me to the warehouse manager. I thought they were firing me, but I was getting promoted. So when I (laughs) from maternity leave, I took the job as the warehouse manager. And another funny story, but my first day in the warehouse, and this was a big union facility, you know, there were, I don't know, 300, 300 employees probably. And I was just a young, you know, at the time I was 25 and um, the only female, 14 managers, the only female on the management team and 20 years younger for sure than the next manager. So when I got out to the warehouse, you know, the guys in the warehouse were all like, oh, congratulations. You know, I've been there a year. They all knew me. And that night when I got home, I had a string tied to my bell tube. And I was like, what the heck is this about? I didn't know. But I realized somebody must have put this string on me when they were all, you know, cajoling me and congratulating me. So every day when I went to work, I'd tie that string back on my pants and just wear it around. And they knew I knew. They knew, but I didn't know who you know, until one day they came up to me and they took that string off and they said, you know, Sally, you're okay. You know, when you first got this job, we thought you didn't even know where the warehouse was and you wouldn't know what to do. But those first guys, they taught me what to do. They taught me how to be a servant leader and how to lead people and manage people and ask them what they wanted to do. And then I would use my power and authority and experience to get it done. You know, so they taught me and I learned from them and it was like a match made in heaven. Like, I just loved knowing that, you know, I was doing my job and I loved my job, always loved my job, but it was, it was knowing that I was helping make things better for them by taking their ideas and, and bring it into, into fruition. So the second time they asked me if I wanted to move, um, I went to corporate, you know, my look-see visit and I interviewed and I got the job and you know, I walked around the office in corporate and everything was, you know, it's Ralston Purina, the big, beautiful corporate headquarters in St. Louis. And it was so quiet and it was beautiful and so well designed, but it was very quiet and everybody was dressed in beautiful suits. And it was just such a beautiful professional environment. And I just thought, you know what, this just isn't me. I love the noise of the warehouse, the the crazy things happening every day, the equipment breaking down, the, you know, capital jobs, you know, going with a warehouse person to visit a customer to load the trucks better, you know, I just really love that. So I said, yeah, I'm not, um, I'm not going to take this marketing job and sit behind a desk and, you know, do that. I'm going to stay true to, you know, what I found for myself. And unfortunately in corporate America, you know, you can only turn down so many of those promotions and then they're, you know, so after eight years, I ended up leaving, you know, Ralston Purina to take another job that 
put me on that distribution path with a big distribution company. So, wow. So I was going to ask you because you were sort of in an area and in an industry of mostly men, how they accepted you, but you sort of understood that and you put in your time and your your effort and showed them quietly that you were there to help them and it sounds like they approved yeah it um it was it was interesting i told everybody i got into that business by complete accident you know i mean i really never meant to my dad had owned trucks you know when i was in high school and college and i used to do his books but i didn't want any part of that business and somehow i spent you know decades in this business but you know, I grew up in a union house. My dad was a union guy and he was a very hard worker. His parents both immigrated, you know, from Italy to the United States. So, you know, we grew up on a farm with a very strong work ethic. And I just always believed that my role, you know, as a leader was a servant leadership and was to somehow be that go-between between who I was reporting to and what they wanted and what the people and what was best for them and get their ideas and, you know, kind of mesh it together. So um, to say they always accepted me was not necessarily true because there were <laughs> and I have a lot of stories that, you know, we don't, we will never share, you know, some I'll take to my grave with me, but uh Let's just say I learned that I could go from somebody, you know, cursing me out one day to being in my office crying the next day because you know, him and his wife were fighting about something. So, you know, I just embraced the role, you know, in, in whatever need they needed me to be and developed a mutual respect and understanding for always trying to do the right thing. So was it the was it the warehouse that you enjoyed so much or or just the logistics of it, the the fast pace, you know, all the things that you needed to do to get the job done. Cause it sounds like you loved the management portion of it because you liked having the positive impact on your staff. But there seems to be a piece of the warehouse that you really because I don't know if you would have felt that same way in the hospital setting. <laughs> yeah, I always say why couldn't I have like learned to love to do something else? Um a little bit of both, I think, Karen, you know, because as my career progressed over the years, I progressed into bigger roles where I went from, you know, bigger facilities to managing multiple facilities. Mm. I found that that's where I really, you know, was very successful because I was then working with the people that managed the facility and managed all the people. So I had the best of both worlds. Yeah. You know, I was good at strategic long-term planning but I still got to go and have the celebrations and the safety days and the perfect attendance and the anniversary awards. So a little, a little bit of both was what really made me tick. And then at one point in my career, I went from, you know, I went from, you know, managing a warehouse for Procter and Gamble, you know, that was a huge warehouse with a tremendous responsibility in Cincinnati where Procter and Gamble was, you know, I, I worked for Excel Logistics, which is now DHL, but I was the go-to person with Procter & Gamble. So I spent a lot of time with Procter & Gamble. I used to fly on, you know, their corporate plane to facilities to do audits and to look at things. So, you know, as a 30-something, you know, I had the life, you know. Yeah. It was great. But <laughs> as I, you know, progressed through my career and then had, you know, multiple warehouses, I worked for Georgia Pacific and I managed warehouse operations for the whole East Coast. You know, but I found I was traveling 100% of the time or 80% of the time. I was a single mom. 
I lived away, you know, so I was lucky that I had a very strong support system for daycare and so forth for my kids, but we were moving a lot. We Mm. moved five times in nine years, which oh wow, all very close and very strong and resilient, but (laughs) at the same time, you know, we missed we missed home and heart. So there was a point where, you know, like most of us that move away, I had to get back to Western New York. I took a job and moved back here. So as I did that, I got more back into, you know, managing single operations rather than the the multi-site operation. And the other for a few years was a lot harder than I thought it would be. <laughs> yeah, but the, the skill set and the knowledge that you picked up while you were doing all of that, you can now fine tune an operation here that, that uh, is a little bit, you know, lower key um, because you've seen what others do and how they do it and you've learned so much. We're going to take a little break and we'll talk more about your own company and how you made that decision to to leave the warehouse <laughs> to uh, to start your own. But before we do that, we're going to we're going to play the little game uh, getting to the point. I'm going to ask you just 10 questions and whatever pops in your head, you just um, you just yell it out. <laughs> Are you ready? Do you prefer virtual or in person? Oh, in person for sure. What do you miss most during the pandemic? Oh, you know, um, just being with people and having that connection where, you know, you meet a group of people like in a networking and it's just so much harder in the breakout rooms than it is in person and just, you know, laughing with like a real honest to goodness. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard that, you know, it's going to take us a little while to get back into how to do that because we've, we've actually been away from it so long. So it will be interesting to start going back to networking events in person. Pizza or wings? Oh, pizza. Social media of choice? Uh, LinkedIn. Dog or cat? I would have said a dog up until a few weeks ago when a friend of mine went out of town and we started babysitting her cat and now I'm keeping it, I think, so cat. Oh, wow. <laughs> Okay. Uh, Books or music? Books. And what do you do to just relax? What do you enjoy doing? Camping. Choice of beverage? Tea. Phone call or email? I prefer phone calls, but email is more efficient. Have you set any professional goals for yourself in 2021 that you might want to share? In 2021, I promised myself instead of, I don't call them goals because the goals to me feels like something I need to work to. To me, a goal is something you need to come from to get to where you want to go. So for me, it was going to take advantage of every opportunity presented to me and play full out and not hold anything back. That, that's a full plate. I'll, I'll check back in on you on that one. <laughs> Well, thank you for playing. See, it wasn't that bad. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now we're going to like dive in more about what you're doing. So in 2019, you made a move from VP role of operations to starting your own business, the growth coach of Western New York. What was going on at that time that you, that you wanted to make that kind of move? Mm. This is where... Um... I'm playing full out and sharing with you because this is not uh, an easy thing for me to talk about. 
it's a very difficult question, Karen, for me to answer. Um, I have so much pride in the things I've done throughout my entire career. And I know I've made differences, but you know, the last uh, little bit of uh, my time is the VP of operations. I'm not so proud of, of that mm-hmm. time, what was going on. I was, um, you know, managing an operation, doing something I loved. And I had this strong desire that things had to be a certain way. And I had to be everything for everybody. And um, I had a lot going on at work, you know, with my team, we had a couple of people, a couple of changes in the staff. So there were a couple of empty positions. And, you know, I was trying to not bombard, you know, my, my managers, and I was trying to help them. So I was taking that on. And then, you know, aging parents, you know, my mom got sick and, you know, needed more and more of my time. And I was, you know, trying to do everything and conference calls from the hospital room. And I was missing deadlines and dropping balls. And no one could ever be harder on me than I was on myself. And I started doing things that is so not like me. But I didn't see that myself. Mm. And other people saw it, but I think that they had such faith and trust in me that they're like, okay, this is going to work out because, you know, Sally wants to do the right thing. And um, I didn't realize it at the time. I realized it much later that, you know, I was suffering from burnout. Mm. I didn't even realize it. And You know, I, I loved what I was doing. I know I was making a difference for my associates, you know, my my bosses, but I feel like I really let a lot of people down hmm. and um, that was never my intention. So, you know, I realized that, you know, something had to change because, you know, no one could continue. I lost my passion. I lost, wow. you know, all I was doing was existing. Yeah. In a ridiculous amount of hours, not because anybody was making me, but I thought that was the right thing to do. Yeah. But I was leading by example, and the crazier I got, the crazier I got, you know. And um it's it's tough. It's a tough thing to talk about, but it's part of who I am and I have to own up to it. So where did the idea come then for for the growth coach of Western New York? So I started, you know, um, trying to decide what I wanted to be when I grew up because, you know, I still got a lot of years of work ahead of me. And I went on interviews uh, for some jobs that were very similar to what I was doing. And I thank God every day those people didn't hire me um, because even while I was interviewing, I was like, I don't want to do this. I want to do this, you know. <laughs> but um, I read a book by Ken Coleman called uh, The Proximity Principle, and it talks about finding out what you love and finding your passion and putting yourself in proximity to someone who does that. And what I discovered was the things I really loved about my job, and and you even called me out on it earlier, was the development part, the problem-solving part, the, you know, making things better, building teams, improving the culture, just, you know, all of that. Now, the day-to-day stuff, you know, not so much, you know, so... I actually got in touch with a coach and spent some time with a coach and realized that, you know, that's what I wanted to do. So I started exploring options about joining a coaching firm here locally and buying in as a partnership. And, you know, I really, I'd always wanted to own my own business. I just never knew what that business was, but um, 
actually um, went to a meeting with SheCan. I don't know if you've heard of SheCan. It's a nonprofit organization here in Western New York. Yeah. But um, it's all about the um, the empowerment, education, well-being, health professional, you know, for women to help us live and be the best version of ourselves. And I shared my story with them. They're the first people I ever talked about what had happened to me, you know, with my meltdown and my burnout. Uh I left there knowing exactly what I wanted to do. And that's how I found the growth, which is actually a a franchise. And I purchased the the coaching franchise just a few weeks later and started a very in-depth training program and uh wow started my business wow so so tell us what what is it that you do what does growth coach of western new york do yeah it's um it's funny what i do is what i've been doing every day of my entire life you know i get to to work with people to help them you know guide them develop them high performance teams leadership development look at their business strategically you know, take a step out from themselves and see what they really want to do. So I work with small to medium sized businesses that, you know, have employees typically, and I help them in every aspect of their business using a proven strategic mindset process that helps them to think and step away and develop action plans to move their business forward. Develop leaders. I work with you know, people that are professionals in their job that are going through what I went through, you know, that started working someplace or started a business, you know, because they loved what they were doing and they could add value, but they got so caught up in the minutiae yeah. that they forgot why they're doing it. You know, towards the end of my interviews with people, I really like to ask them because you can learn so much from somebody else's experiences and, and things that they have learned. What pieces of advice would you share with someone who might have had a really very successful career, but they've decided that it's time for them to take all those skills and knowledge and hard work and and start their own business that maybe they've been thinking about? What do you wish you had known before you started yours? Or what what three pieces of advice would you give somebody who's thinking about it? Yeah. First piece of advice I would give people is to really know your why why are you doing this? Why do you want to do it? You know, what is, what is it you're trying to do? And do you have a passion for it? You know, you heard that say, you know, have a passion, you never work a day in your life. Yeah. I always thought that was kind of cheesy, but it's, it's so true because when you have a passion for something, you don't have to do anything. You get to do something. Yes. So that's the first piece. Um, You know, it doesn't have to be perfect. You just need to start sometimes. And I'm guilty of that myself. You get in caught in the cycle of perfectionism. Mm. I just need one more book. I just have to do one more thing. I just have to have one more plan. But, you know, I just have to, I just have to, you know, you just have to start. And then <laughs> kind of comes along as you go and, and be authentic. Don't ever try to be somebody or not. You know, I found that at the end of, you know, my time in the corporate world, I was trying so hard to please so many people that I lost sight of who I was and and what was important to me. So be authentic. And when you're being your real true self, you know, the rest of it comes along. And, you know, don't wait. It's never too late or never too early, Mm -hmm. you know, business. Just don't wait. Talk to someone. 
talk to someone like yourself who coaches people on, you know, their career, talk to a business coach, you know, there's all sorts of, you know, help out there for someone starting a business, you know, score. I had a score mentor when I was first starting out because I went from corporate to starting. Me too. (laughs) Business association. There's the Canisius Women's Business Center. There's just so many wonderful things out there. Um, you know, to help people and a lot of coaches that help people just to help them get started because people helped me and I want to pay it forward. I think that's all really great advice. I think sometimes we get stuck in, in our own what ifs or, you know, I need to have things in a certain way before I begin and and we never begin because we always have something else that we need to work on. And, and being authentic and genuine, I think that is ultimately the key because people can read you and when you're interacting and when you're talking about your businesses and your interest and your passion it comes through i mean when when someone's being interviewed and they really love what they do it's it just flows they they don't have to think about how to answer a question because they just know it because they live it it's part of them and so that that's so true about being um authentic so thank you so much for your time i know this week has been really busy for you so i i really truly appreciate taking some time out and actually talking to us about your story i think you've got a great story you have had such an incredible uh, experience and success as a career and now you're having the success of a business of your own so like you've had you know most people only get one shot you've you're you got two now <laughs> so so it's 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 great i'm so glad that we actually got a chance to meet i believe we met through grow which you know is a networking um group and you meet an incredible number of people and i think that your story can resonate with a lot of different people who have a passion and who have always thought about it, who always thought, you know, maybe, maybe someday I will. I know my husband, you know, he's an engineer right now and in his passion, he thinks that when he retires, he'll, he'll start a brewery. So, so because he, he makes his own beer. So I keep pushing, you know, maybe you should do it beforehand, do it on the side, do it now. <laughs> so. I always tell people, you know, it's always nice. Well, he should read that book, the proximity principle Yeah, in the proximity to work at a brewery, even as an apprentice, a few hours a week at night, you know, just start getting that, you know, getting that experience and getting that vibe and, you know, it'll it'll invigorate him in his day job too. Yes. Yes. I I think he'll jump ship though. And (laughs) so I'm going to wait a few more years, but yeah, I I think that would be a good idea. So thank you so much for, for spending this evening with us. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for listening to Sharp HR Career Corner. If you're unhappy about your career path and you want to start exploring other options, please contact Sharp Human Resources. We'd love to help you out. Go to sharphumanresources-buffalo.com for more information. And Sally, if someone wanted to reach out to you about business coaching, how would they reach you? Yeah, my email address is s. Herberger, my last name, at thegrowthcoach.com. And my website is uh, www.thegrowthcoachwny.com. Okay. And and I just want to give you a plug. I love your newsletter. I, I love the articles that you have. I mean, you find a lot of articles that are very interesting and to the point. And so I actually have one in my box right now that I was, I saw, oh, good, I got one. <laughs> so I got to read it. On Wednesday when people are like, oh, I got the newsletter. <laughs>
I encourage everybody to use that newsletter and forward it on to your clients and customers and use them to create and build relationships because that's what all of our businesses are about and that's what those are for. Yeah, I, I really do. I, I enjoy it. I look forward to getting yours. Uh, <laughs> so. Um, so if you're listening to our podcast and you enjoy listening to it, I encourage you to download the podcast, leave a comment and share with others you know. The more downloads, comments and likes our podcast receives, the better our ratings and the easier we can be found. So thank you in advance. Until next time, be kind, everyone. We need to show a lot more kindness in the world. And it starts with you and I. Thanks again for listening and have a great day.